0: This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to the radio and internet ministry of the Christian Crusaders. As followers of Jesus Christ, we are called to be distinct in our attitudes towards God and towards others. Let's talk about those attitudes in today's message called Distinct in Character.
1: We're continuing on with our sermon series, Distinct. And today we'll look at the distinct character God has in mind for Christ followers. I hope you'll stay with us. We begin in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Almighty and merciful God, we praise you this day for your loving kindness. Even when we fall short, and fail in loving you and loving others, you do not turn us away when we turn to you in repentance, asking for forgiveness. Your gracious ways are absolutely amazing to us. Amen. Our reading for today is taken from Matthew, chapter five, beginning at verse one. Seeing the crowds, Jesus went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Here ends our reading. Dear friends, I remember being asked as a kid, oftentimes, what do you want to be when you grow up? Maybe you were asked that question too. A variety of answers uh, are given of fireman, a ball player, an actor, a teacher. I even said one time I'd like to be a pastor. I remember when our little girl Martha was asked that question. She said, I want to be the president of the United States. (laughs) Imagine asking Jesus, what do you want us to be when we grow up? What do you have in mind for us? Jesus points out the answer to that question today in this passage that I read earlier. He holds up a character portrait of what he has in mind for us. He focuses not on careers, but on character. This passage, which I read earlier, is referred to by many as the Beatitudes. I like to refer to them as the Be Distinct Attitudes. In order to better understand this passage of Scripture for today, though, we need to examine the context and what's transpired so far in Matthew's Gospel. Jesus has now begun his ministry. He has come into this world proclaiming the kingdom that had long been promised throughout the Old Testament. He said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He's called disciples to follow him. The crowds are starting to move in his direction as they take notice of him with his miracles and different sort of teachings. And now they're curiously looking on. It's at this point in the story that Jesus takes his disciples to a mountain and begins to teach them about what kingdom of heaven people look like, as far as character is concerned, what God has in mind for Christ's followers. This talk from Jesus has been referred to as the Sermon on the Mount, chapters 5, 6, and 7 of Matthew's Gospel. It's important to understand that it's not a recipe for how one gains salvation. It's spoken to those who have said yes to Jesus Christ and received salvation and are now wondering what's next for me? What does God have in mind for me? How can I live responsively in such a way that I chose my gratitude and my love to God for all He's done for me? Notice also as we now look at this passage for today, that each of these statements begin with the word blessed. Over the years, people have pointed out that the word means happy, and some translations of scripture even replace the word blessed with happy. And yes, there's some truth to that. It does mean happy, but it's not the way we think of happiness. It's really not what a prescription for our happiness is, as we might think, the word is not so much about how we feel, but of what God thinks of us, what has his approval, his blessing. And of course, that does lead to happiness in our lives because God knows what makes our lives work best. I kind of like the way the New Living Translation uh, puts it. He, instead of blessed are, it says God blesses those who are poor in spirit, and so on. Now, the first four Beatitudes, or the be distinct attitudes, as I've said, describe what our relationship with God is, is to look like. It begins by saying, blessed are the poor in spirit. Those who, in other words, know that they need God. There's this humble dependence upon God and we're acknowledging our spiritual bankruptcy before God, that we really need him, that we're sunk without him. It's like that old gospel hymn, The Rock of Ages, says, Nothing in my hand I bring, simply to the cross I cling. Naked come to thee for dress, helpless look to thee for grace. Foul I to the fountain fly, wash me, Savior, or I die. And, of course, there's a promise attached to each one of these beatitudes. Uh, He says, they shall receive the kingdom of heaven. They will step into a meaningful relationship with God, be a citizen of his kingdom. Blessed are those who mourn, Jesus said. He's not really talking about those who are grieving over personal loss. He's talking more about those who lament over sin sin in our own lives. As we take an honest inventory of how we fall short, there are then tears of deep contrition for sin, godly grief and sorrow. Of course, we look at the world around us as well, and we begin to mourn over the evil and sin in this world that God created. Jesus says those who mourn will be comforted with forgiveness. And a vision of a new heaven and a new earth will be ours to enjoy with no more sorrow and no more tears, as the book of Revelation says. He says, goes on and says, Blessed are the meek. He's talking about those that are gentle and under God's control, free from flying off the handle that show malice and a vengeful spirit, instead being calm and peaceful, understanding that We're not even close to perfect either. We humbly know ourselves quite well, and we have a soothing effect on those who are angry around us. Jesus promises they shall inherit the earth. We will see in the big picture, as Psalm 37 says, that we will inherit the kingdom, that we will inherit the whole earth. Paul says we'll inherit it now. He says in 2 Corinthians 6, he says, We are as having nothing but possessing everything in Christ. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. In my life, I want my character and conduct to please God. That's a life where we seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. We want to be right in God's sight. We want to conduct ourselves in a way that pleases God, doing the right thing in His sight. We also want to see the right thing being done in the world, that there would be social righteousness. So there's a longing in us for justice and righteousness, God's will to be done in the world around us. And Jesus says, those kind of people, they shall be satisfied. And the picture there is one of contentment, walking hand in hand with God. After describing what our relationship with God is to look like, he then moves us towards Looking at what our relationship with others would look like as well. He says, Blessed are the merciful. He's talking about having compassion and showing forgiveness to those that are hurting, to those that have hurt us. They will receive mercy. God keeps replacing the mercy that we give away with His own mercy in our own lives. Blessed are the pure in heart, he said, those that are utterly sincere, transparent, have integrity, free from falsehood in our lives, no devious hidden motives, not wearing a mask, no hypocrisy like the Pharisees and the scribes that Jesus went after. He says they shall see God. There's an awareness of God's presence as he draws close. We will find strength in our lives. And, of course, we'll see him face to face in his heaven. Blessed are the peacemakers, Jesus said. Jesus was called the Prince of Peace, wasn't he? Blessed are those who then, like Jesus, bring peace, reconciliation into relationships, who work at preserving unity in the church and in the world. He says they will be called children of God because they'll look like children of God. They'll look like Jesus. He is blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, who strive to do the right thing in God's sight in this world, who stand up for Jesus Christ in the gospel. Blessed are those who do the right thing in the name of Christ. And he goes on to further explain this. He says, blessed are you when men revile you on account of me. And he he says to us, and so here's my command. When that happens, rejoice and be glad when you're mistreated for my sake. Consider it a badge of honor. You're in good company when you suffer on my account. And he says, and there'll be great reward in heaven. So there's that comprehensive portrait of what Jesus has in mind for us when we say yes to him and are his disciple. This is what a disciple looks like, Jesus said, a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. It makes you stand out in the crowd instead of blending in. Why is that? Because these values that Christ is espousing are the absolute opposite of the world in which we live. It flies in the face of the world's values. They challenge the non-Christian world with its perspectives and its values. Years ago, I ran across this uh, J.B. Phillips alteration of the Beatitudes uh, according to the world. He says, the, the world says, happy are the pushers, for they get on in the world Happy are the hard-boiled, for they never let life hurt them. Happy are those who complain, for they get their way in the end. Happy are the blasé, for they never worry over their sins. Happy are the slave drivers, for they get results. Happy are the knowledgeable people of the world, for they know their way around. Happy are the troublemakers. For they make people take notice of them. And here we have Jesus coming along and telling us, his followers, I want those values and attitudes to be let go of. And mine to take their place. What I have in mind for you is something totally different. Anybody who enters into fellowship with Jesus, you see, must undergo a transvaluation of values. That's what Helmut Thielicke, the old theologian, said in the last century. What the world pities and rejects, Jesus says God labels blessed, approved. The Christian theologian Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who termed these sayings of Jesus as the extraordinariness of the Christian life, wrote, With every beatitude the gulf is widened between the disciples and the people and their call to come forth from the people becomes increasingly manifest. You stand out. Jesus is saying that God puts his stamp of blessing upon the life that refuses to be in tune with the world or to accommodate itself to the standards of the world, but instead chooses to abide by kingdom standards to follow Christ in his ways. It's a beautiful picture. But I can't help but feel that it sounds a little overwhelming for someone like me. Maybe it's a little overwhelming and intimidating for you as well. That's uh, a lot of change that needs to happen in one's life. Good news. My dear brothers and sisters, the preacher of this sermon, Jesus, has all authority in heaven and on earth. He not only knows what he's talking about, but he promises that he is with us in all of this. We are not left to do this on our own. You see, in Christ, if you said yes to Christ, we have experienced a new birth. We've been born again. And the Spirit of God resides within us and enables us and shapes us to be the distinctive people that Christ is describing in the Beatitudes today. Allows us to shine for the kingdom of God. I know, in frustration and disappointment, many are inclined to say, I mean, we're just tainted by cynicism in this world. And we say, people say, you can't change people. You can't change human nature. And it's true. We cannot change human nature. But Christ can. Look at those first disciples who heard these words of Jesus on that Sermon on the Mount and the change that eventually began to take place in them when they were filled with God's Holy Spirit after the resurrection of Christ. Cowardice gave way to courage as they were reviled and rejected on account of Christ, and they kept at it. Self-interest was killed and became ministry and service to others. Jealousy became mercy towards others and one another. And I'm here to tell you today that that same Holy Spirit that worked in their lives is available to you and to me today. God can still do great things for you, in you, and through you. He is ready and waiting and able. What about you and me? Is that what we desire? A change. For you see, we are like lumps of clay, Scripture tells us. And if we are clay, then let's remember there is a potter and his wheel. And that gospel song has it right. Have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. Thou art the potter. I am the clay, mold me and make me after thy will, while I am waiting, yielded and still. That's it. We have only to be yielded, willing, surrendered. Him, and God will make us according to the pattern for which in His love He designed us. He will make us poor in spirit, pure in heart, merciful, striving for righteousness, willing to take one in the chin for Jesus Christ. He is willing to make us into that person that Jesus describes in the Beatitudes today. And it will be for our good and for His glory. And dear brothers and sisters in Christ, we will be distinct. And we will make a difference for the cause of Jesus Christ. Have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. Make us to be like what Jesus described today. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, have your own way in our lives. Shape us into kingdom people that bring you glory and honor with our character and with our whole way of life. We desire to stand out and be distinct, so that we might point others to our loving Savior and Lord Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray to this day. Amen. Now, as you go on your way, may Christ go with you. May he go before you to show you the way, behind you to encourage you, beside you to befriend you, above you to watch over, and within you to give you his peace. Amen. You have been worshiping with the
0: radio and internet ministry of the Christian Crusaders. We pray today's message has helped you yield yourself to the Holy Spirit, that your life will be distinct and make a difference for the cause of Jesus Christ. Christian Crusaders appreciates the generous support we receive from our listeners. One way your support can help the lives of others continue to be enriched through the hearing of God's Word is to remember this ministry in your estate planning. For more information on estate giving, call us at 1-888-MY-FAITH or 1-888-693-2484 or visit us online at www.christiancrusaders.org Be sure to check us out on our exciting new website where you can find printed and audio versions of today's program as well as past programs. Our website address is christiancrusaders.org. If you enjoyed today's program and would like it to continue, we ask you to consider making a gift to this ministry. Christian Crusaders is of vital importance to many persons who are unable to attend worship services in the church of their choice. We now broadcast on 30 radio stations across the United States on shortwave and satellite radio and over Imani Radio in Kenya. All donations are considered tax deductible. We are happy you chose to worship with us this day and we pray you will join us again next Sunday on this station. Conducting our service was our speaker, the Reverend Steve Kramer, Senior Pastor of Shepherd of the Valley Lutheran Church in Afton, Minnesota. Christian Crusaders, on air and online, now in its 81st year of continuous Sunday worship broadcasting.